Welcome everyone to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week as always is my co-host, Hector. Hello. And this week, we are going to be talking about all things Gamescom 2020. There were some great games shown off that we have to talk about, so we have decided to just dedicate the whole show to it. But, like, why would we talk about Gamescom from two years ago? 2022. You said 2020? Look, man. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not redoing the show for a third time. No, we're, that's fine. We're accepting that one. I, I like 2020. 2020 was a, no, it was a terrible year. But <laughs> it was still, a terrible the Gamescom year. was probably good, but we're talking but about this thank you for year. calling me out on my bullshit. I no, appreciate it. No, no, it's it. fun. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> that's exactly what you're here for. Okay, before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. For our patrons, uh, we'll have the horror watch-along playlist for you very soon. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to send that out. Uh, but with all that out of the way, it's time for the prelude. Prelude. All right, it's time for the prelude. It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, and what has been occupying our free time, and what has been making us happy. Hector, what do you got for me this week? Well, I really only have one thing that we didn't do together this week. Yep. Um, because I, I've had a, a good couple of weeks. I'm continuing with my indie summer. Nice. It has been a wonderful indie summer. I love that we're both just somehow independently of each other without ever discussing this on the show, both having a hot indie summer. Oh, yeah. No, it's wonderful. It yes. is It is the indiest of indie summers. We've had some amazing games come out in August and it's only going to continue. Um, this week, mm-hmm. a little game came out called Midnight Fight Express. Yes. Now, this was something that was shown off at Summer Game Fest um, and arrived on Xbox Game Pass for, you know, the price of Xbox Game Pass. Um, so you can just download it and play it if you have that because it's wonderful. You can also get it on Steam. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a bu- I think it's a bargain price, like twenty bucks. Right. Like no big a lot deal. Of, a lot of the indies are. Yeah, and this game was, and you will freak out when you play it. Made by one person, mm-hmm. it, it, which is absolutely remarkable because uh, this, Polish, correct? Yes. Yes. Because this game is just one of the best brawlers I've ever played mm-hmm. in the indie genre. It reminds me of a cross between something. Uh, Kind of like Streets of Rage if it had a baby with Hotline Miami. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're, <laughs> okay. you're talking really fast, wow. really brutal, really angry kills, a mm. lot of ultra violence. But instead of being a completely top down, really almost like demade, like 8 bit sprite game, mm-hmm. it is a fully 3D, obviously, in the capacity to be made by one person mm-hmm. um, game where you have multiple levels that are uh, in the Hotline Miami style, like five to eight minutes long, mm-hmm. um, with a huge enemy variety and a bunch of thing, a bunch of reasons, like challenges, as reasons to go back and play the levels over again for some mastery. Sure. Let's yeah. you unlock things like a little bit more currency to buy things like outfits and tattoos for nice. your character, um, skins for the drone that follows you around mm-hmm. and reports on things. And uh, yeah, but, and there is a skill tree full of mechanics for you to unlock to whoop people's asses even harder. Love it. There are, yeah, you, you, you get a gun with recharging bullets for some reason, <laughs> and, and they just kind of make fun of the whole thing. You get a rope to swing people around with. So it definitely doesn't take itself too seriously. No, 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 certainly yeah. not. No, one of the first pair of shoes that I unlocked, as in didn't buy with currency, were ducky slippers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's that kind of game. One of the first hats I unlocked uh, without paying for it was just a bag to put over my face, like a paper bag. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The game does not take itself too seriously. You can completely customize your you character. You pay for it. Are there microtransactions? No, the no, 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 no. You earn money by whooping people's asses nice. in the game, and then you can buy clothes and tattoos with it. Love it. That's it. You you, you can only pay for the game by buying the game. That is it. it. You never you never put another diamond. Yep. Uh, but yeah. 
Best thing I've played this week. I loved every bit of it. Um, coming out of Rollerdrome, which I was uh, raving about last week, mm-hmm. this is the perfect next game to just dive right into for some really quick play sessions, uh, maybe some Steam Deck time and some Ultra Violence. It's, it's nice. great. Uh, yeah, I love it. Awesome. Uh, over on my side of the world, not a whole lot. It's been a boring week. Uh, yeah. Gamescom has been going on. That's oh, yeah. what I've been watching. Oh, yeah. Uh, Arcade Paradise, still playing Arcade Paradise. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic. The soundtrack, the games. I've been building out my arcade bigger and bigger. It's been a completely wild ride to just dive into these. Every single game is just like unique and different. And some of them are parodies of older games. Mm-hmm. And some of them are newer concepts. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. And it's a game that I can pick up for 10 to 15 minutes. And I made this weird correlation with the game. Mm-hmm. So when you start out uh, uh, Arcade Paradise, you are effectively running a laundromat and you're trying to find time to game between like loads of laundry and stuff like that. Right. And that is, is this game has spoken to me on multiple levels. One is just like my ADHD level of that. Um where that is kind of what I do in my real life regiment. Yeah. I will like get up, I'll do chores for 15, 20 minutes, clean the kitchen, do the laundry, and then I'll sit down and play a game for, you know, about an hour while I wait for the laundry yeah. to finish, and then I move on to the next step. And mm-hmm. I was like, God, this really speaks to me. I dig it. The other way it speaks to me is that way, way back when I was a kid, um, I used to help manage an arcade. And so like I get a lot of the same vibes because I get to like the arcade that I manage, we actually helped build the layout of it. And so in the game, you can build a layout of like where you put the games and where, who, which game should sit with what and I'm like oh that kind of spoke to me as well Mm -hmm. but the other way that it spoke to me was that in the very beginning of each day one of the things you should be doing is going and picking up all the trash that everybody leaves behind yeah and people will leave the trash right next to the trash can Oh, yeah. No, no. Humans are disgusting. <laughs> and in the game. And I was getting like, you know, the, the, the Vietnam dog flashback <laughs> yeah. meme like that. It was like when I was running my arcade where I would see somebody do that shit. I'd be like the trash can. It's right there. Yeah. Like, if, if anyone who listens to us and God, God save you if, if you listen to us, but and also have children, if you have children, raise them to throw their fucking trash away. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm asking for the bare minimum. Here, yeah. Guys. Yeah. Bare minimum. I have even mentioned recycling or composting just just put your trash in the fucking bin please <laughs> right um the second thing i've been playing i'm not really going to talk about that much it's uh kentucky route zero yeah it is an indie title um annapurna published it mm-hmm. um the reason i'm not going to talk about it is that you've been playing it as well hector yeah i started it this week the same time you did um I, i'm not quite as far as you but yeah I think we're both having a really, really interesting time with it. Interesting is the word for yeah. it. So here's the deal about why we're not going to talk about it today. Um, what I've been thinking about doing for the show is we've mm-hmm. been making upgrades and changes is occasionally what I would like to do is something that's what we would call bro yeah. or boss room only. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of what we already do with our patrons. Um, we do episodes that are very much about one specific topic. Um, and we want to continue doing those. We want to continue making the patron comment content that is about one specific thing. But occasionally I'd like to bleed that over into our main show and do just an episode, just really deep diving into something. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't found the thing to do it with until I started playing Kentucky route zero. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck Hector. We need to like tell the world about this game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm very excited to do it. I just, uh, yeah, it's, um, and I mean, honestly, if you asked me about the game right now, it'd be like, I don't know, it's fucking interesting. You yeah. should go play it. Like, I, I mean, even now, you, I couldn't really describe to you the plot without just being very boring and descriptive of what I've done so far. Right. But there, I, I mean, the themes are emerging and they will reveal themselves, but there's, 
There's a lot to say. There's going to be a lot to say about yeah. it. So we're going to do a boss room only at some point in the very near future, just about Kentucky Route Zero. But the last thing that we actually did together this week, other than watch mm-hmm. She-Hulk, which is still amazing. She-Hulk is still great. Watch it. We binged the I Am Groot series. Yeah. Which took like half an hour. Mm-hmm. So like the whole thing. it's the I Am Groot animated series available on Disney Plus right now. Um, it is just five to six minutes short. So oh, yeah. Groot. Um, yeah, just lovingly animated little shorts. Lovingly um, animated is you putting it nicely, my yeah. friend. It is animated. Like, I look no, like No, it that. is beautiful. I was like, did, did somebody, like, put Pixar out of business with some of these episodes? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's good. In a time where a lot of people are being critical of the Marvel VFX department, mm-hmm. and and rightfully so, and we've been saying that we want to do an episode about that in the near future. It just hasn't fit for us to talk about yet. Yeah. We do want to have that discussion at some point. Um, I am Groot is just a pure CG I, masterpiece might be a high word for it, but there's some of those animations. Like there was an episode with a bird in it. And I know I'm being vague. Yeah. This bird was like the most beautifully animated thing. Oh I'd seen yeah. In a long like, time. like it, it's feathers were somewhere in between hair and feathers. Like yeah. the birds of paradise you see in like the Galapagos and shit. Yeah. Just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Can't say that enough. ILM is an amazing, I didn't even know if ILM did this to be honest, but I mean, it looked like their style and it was amazing. Um, the, you know what it really reminded me of? What's that? And this is for, again, any of our, anybody who's listening to this who has children. Um, it reminded me of those shorts that they would put out as a commercial for the uh, movie Ice Age mm-hmm. with the squirrel and yeah, the acorn. Yeah. yeah, but it's about Groot. So it's better because it has a whole universe for you to follow. It's not just a squirrel trying to eat an acorn for like five minutes. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah. for me, it reminded me of the old like Looney Tune shorts we would get before movies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh well, yeah, I like, think we both mentioned that. Yeah, like before, there like, were before, like, like Roger Rabbit shorts or yeah. yeah, things like that. Yeah, before Gremlins, I think there was a Looney Tune short before that. Yeah, and, like that's what they reminded me of. It, it, it felt like something they should have been putting just before a Marvel movie starts. Yeah. Yeah, like, straight up. Yeah, and yeah, we, we both. Yeah, uh, we brought up early is like, man, this would have been great before Guardians too, because it's all about baby Groot, right? Right, and Groot is they a teenager their now. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it was still like, like ah, it was great. It was so good, and, and it's it's worth the fifteen or to twenty minutes it takes to watch them all, because yeah. especially again, if you have kids, because Although they're a I lot will of say fun. My, my one. If I had to say one complaint about it, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, bro, give us a playlist. Oh, I know. Yeah. Put them all. They're all in, listed separately. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. And, and they don't play from one into the other. Right. As, and rightly so, because they don't really have a order, I guess. Right. But they could have. I mean, come on. Put right. them in a playlist. At least group them together. Right. I mean, this is kind of like getting all of the episodes of like Sandman or Umbrella Academy as different clickable things in netflix and love you have to robots. like nav- oh, not love oh god yeah. yeah imagine the nightmare of trying to find each individual short from love death and robots on netflix right. instead of having them in a collection yeah hopefully they'll go back and fix that one they just released these that's shorts, true yeah so they, they should it is what it is and that's everything that we've been doing this week yeah. because the, the rest of what we've been doing this week is gamescom so mm-hmm. we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we'll be talking about gamescom 2022 gamescom Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This week we're going to be talking about all things Gamescom 2022. Uh, I've broken all of this down into two sections, which is the opening night stuff and the future game show that actually took place the next day. Um, As a quick note, before we get started, um, there was so much shown that I don't think we could actually cover everything. Definitely not. uh, But we'll try to get around to as much of the good stuff as we can. Right. So we have a lot to talk about here, so let's just jump right in and talk about some Gamescom. 
So opening night. Mm -hmm. So this is the Jeff Keeley special. This is what he puts on the big stage. The the whole you know the big the big thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. expect all the announcements to happen here. Yeah, this is where um, all the world premieres spoilers, come out. Or by the way, spoilers for later in the episode. I really felt like Future Game Show had a little bit of a stronger showing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so and we'll get to it. Yeah. Future Game Show felt to me a lot like the PC gaming show does during E3 mm -hmm. where they're like we have world premieres and we have a bunch of games, but we have a bunch of PC games, so they're going to be fucking weird and they're going to be shit right. that you've never heard of. It's not like the third trailer you're seeing for Assassin's Creed or for Saken exactly. or something. Yeah, this you're going to see a trailer for a game that you're like is that a game there someone's making? Right. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. The first game they showed was a game, or one of the games they showed was a game everywhere. Yeah, that was literally the first one. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, it was so, so vague. Yeah, so it basically kind of showed an open world, and then the, 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 the studio head came out and started saying very vague things about what they were trying to build. They're like, open world thing. Yeah, like, you can you can do things. And Jeff, in Jeff's fashion, as he has been doing his whole life, was trying to get the guy to say something about the game. Right. And he, he kind of never did. We don't know what this game is about. Yeah. And given the... The and, and you'll know this if you look it up. Look up everywhere. You'll see the, the, the iconography going on and the, like, total world, like... I am not convinced that this isn't some kind of Facebook meta like <laughs> world for people to live in or some right. kind of NFT bullshit. Right. I am very skeptical about what this might be, but and and, and no one knows what it is. Not even Jeff, who yep. watched the trailer on stage and yep. tried to ask the guy what it is. No, we don't know what it is. You know, the great thing about Gamescom is that the noise from the audience was always very honest oh god yeah um like when we talk about the next game they yeah, show never more so than in the next example which is dune awakening yeah so they show this gorgeous trailer and it's like dune and you're yeah. like oh my god i want to play a dune game yeah this looks good yeah and it's like like, like visually like based on the movie yeah like, yeah they had good. yeah they, they absolutely had you know the uh, i keep wanting to call him atreus for some reason because <laughs> i keep forgetting his name uh but they, they had you know the the, 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 the yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, you know, little Atreides up there, and they had a sandworm eating a harv a spice harvester, yeah. and you're like, yeah, Dune game. And then the big thing comes up, Dune, and you're like, yeah, and it goes, a survival MMO. And there was complete silence. And this is an audience that had been that cheered for Jeff. They cheered for everywhere. Yeah. They cheered for the head of the studio to come out. And as soon as it dropped survival MMO and it came back out, there's Jeff standing on the stage, kind of looking at the audience like, yeah. so the next thing. Yeah, it was so awkward, man. Absolutely deafening silence for survival MMOs. We wanted a Dune game. Yeah. Not like this. Not like this. Not like this. Not like this. Uh, they showed off a trailer for a new Tales from the Borderlands game. Fuck yeah. So the last one, I didn't realize the last one actually was like 2015. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. Well, it was Telltale, and this one is not Telltale. Rockstar, Rockstar, what, who are they? I mean, no, it was Telltale who made Tales from Borderlands. No, T Telltale did, but the um, uh, Gearbox. Gearbox, right. Gearbox is making, they, I, from what I understand, they absorbed some of the Telltale developers who did Tales from the Borderlands, right. and now they're just making it. Like, they're just going to go ahead and make that. And that's, that's great. great because the original Tales from the Borderlands, if none of you played it, you it's should fun. go play it. It's it it is a good Borderlands story. 
They did a great job, just like they did with Batman. The, they were really hitting some stories back then before they. we found out that the studio was abusing all their employees and it shut down. The late stage Telltale games, the ones that came out at the very end, like the Batman one. Yeah. Um, even kind of the Game of Thrones one. Mm. A lot of those were really good. From what I understand, the Game of Thrones one was mediocre. Yeah, it was mediocre. Yeah. yeah. But the Batman one was really good. The Batman um, one was great. But... The, the thing was is that people were getting tired of the Telltale formula. And mm-hmm. so that's when they started making the changes and making them different. Like when they made the Guardians one. Oh, yeah. It was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of those games are kind of worth going back and revisiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Telltale had finally gotten the message in their head of, oh, you need to start changing the formula. Yep. And at the time that happened, that's when the studio basically just got... Yeah, just yeah. went under at that point. Yeah, because I don't think they could withstand the pressure of having to change given the forward momentum they were under and et cetera. Yeah. Uh, next up, they had a game called Word Song, W-Y-R-D Song. Ah. Uh, this was the one that had people that used to work at Bethesda and Obsidian. So people yep. who've worked on Fallout and worked on Skyrim. Um, it looked interesting ish. Yeah, they're, they're doing some, so, like some Viking shit, right? Yeah, yeah. it was kind of conceptually cool like mm-hmm. i don't know if i would spend too much time talking about it to be honest yeah. and this is one complaint that i have so far about gamescom as a whole i don't want to get back into this trend we have a few too many cg only trailers right and mm-hmm. that is where that's where these things happen right it's, mm-hmm. it's a problem that we want to see gameplay we want to understand what it is yeah right? um so they showed off dead island 2 yeah that, so- is that game is alive it, right. it is. It exists. It, it right? somehow exists and is still being made. My my question, and this is to the audience and to you as well, Hector. Mm-hmm. Obviously, is did we really need another Dead Island game? Because no. I, I remember the first one coming out, and they were like that trailer. I remember they had the gorgeous trailer. Yeah, with a little girl, with, like the little girl and the yeah. family and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and everybody was expecting like basically The Last of Us. Yeah, and they played Dead Island. They were like, oh well, that's no. It's it's it's, a, it's like it's crappy love for dead. Yeah, you're you're on an island with a bunch of zombies, and you're kind of the dude from Fist of the North Star like right. I don't understand yeah. like like why you can get so powerful and just wreak havoc on all these zombies right. and I mean in a world of Dying Light and Dying Light 2 mm-hmm. I don't know where this game will land and right. who it is for right. um, it may be a case of far too late even if it's not too little mm-hmm. um, this I'm game, not mad that it's coming out I'm just like, well, yeah, well, it, like it, of all the games to resurrect right it is a game that will either Go one of two ways, honestly. It will either just be absolutely fantastic and will see be sequels for the end of time, mm-hmm. or this will be the death now. If yeah. they fuck this up, that is the end of Dead Island. Oh, yeah. Like, that's and it. I mean, it, look, I played a maybe half of the first Dead Island mm-hmm. in co-op with uh, a friend of mine. I didn't have that much fun. Yeah. <laughs> so so I don't know. I, I don't think I'm looking forward to Dead Island 2 unless it's a different game. Yeah. Uh, next up, they showed the Callisto Protocol. Oh, so this fuck is yeah. The developers of Dead Space, I believe? Um, a lot of them, yes. In fact, the guy who's heading it, uh, who came out on stage, was, I believe, the guy who was running Visceral Studios while they were doing Dead Space. Yeah. So the Callisto uh, Protocol is kind of the spiritual successor to Dead Space. Yeah. And we've got to, to see a little bit more gameplay, which yeah. looks fucking rad. The looks game looks gorgeous. beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, there was there was a water slide and some more death. They love showing us those death animations. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they're showing us so many that there must be like dozens. Yeah. Because we've seen like four of them so far and they're all just, they all make Jeff Keighley go like, I'm not sure I can show that. Yeah, that is very <laughs> true. 
Yeah, everything about it looks fantastic. This is not to be confused with the fact they are doing a Dead Space remake, which yeah. I'm excited for because I never oh, played yeah. Dead Space. Yeah, yeah, so. that's coming out from EA. We didn't hear anything more about that so far at Gamescom. I'm sure it'll come out and it'll be great because, they're. I mean, if they fuck it up, they were working with such a good template that it's all on them. Exactly. Like, I would just go back and play Dead Space 1 right now. It is that good of a game. Right. A uh, game called Friends vs. Friends. Looked like a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, it is a card-based shooter. Yes. Uh-huh. This is... Fucking fascinating to Yeah, me. you have shooters and then you have abilities that are throwaway, one-time use only cards and you collect and probably curate a deck yeah. of cards to use as you go. And it's a lot of cute looking animals wearing clothes, shooting their friends yep. for fun. Looks great. And it's awesome. Yeah. I'm in. They showed off a little bit more of Gotham Knights. They said that they're bumping up the release date to October 21st. <sighs> I, okay, so... The trailer was cool. It was a cool-looking trailer. And the thing is, after the trailer, Jeff came out and said, was that not a cool trailer? Yep. Here's why I feel like he said that. (laughs) All of the shit that we've seen for Gotham Knights so far has been lampooned in the media. Right. It all looks like a a, a JV team made Arkham Origins or Arkham Knight or any of the Arkham games because the combat, while it looks familiar... Also looks a little bit slow and like there's not enough transition animation between poses. Yeah. It all looks very snap too. Um, again, like almost like a not triple A game. Mm. Um, so yeah, most people have been looking at footage from that game and being like, Ugh. so this trailer was legitimately cool. Yep. And he came out and he was like, was that not a cool trailer? Let's look forward to this. I am still highly skeptical. And whatever you do, don't pre-order this game. But I'm I'm open to it being good. I, I want it to be good because I, I love the Arkham games. I watched it and went, if Hector will play this with me, I might play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up. Like, if this is a co-op thing yeah. and it's not horrible on launch, I'll yeah. play that. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I thought about it. Um, oh, man. The next game, I can't wait to talk about this. Where Wins Meet. Yeah. This game was good. Gorgeous, yeah, to see absolutely. On so, where where wins meet? It's an action game that's all of its combat is based around like sword fighting and bow fighting, almost kind of like Ghost of Tsushima inspired, right? Except it, it it's it looks to me, and one of the scenes looked like it was cut out of Ghost of Tsushima and put into the trailer. Yeah, but um, it looks like Ghost of Tsushima if it was about. The, the 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 Chinese Renaissance slash Middle Ages, mm. um, rather than the Japanese, if if it ran at fifteen frames a second. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Yep, okay. So 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 this was an absolutely gorgeous game, and maybe this is a thing in 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 Chinese culture because there's this other game based on uh, the, the the Monkey God right. that is also we've seen a lot of trailers. I mean, the first trailers we saw for that oh were running God. at about fifteen frames a yeah. second. So. I feel like almost the way that we talk about unfinished CG in trailers and people like the, the the CG looks terrible and then the movie comes out and it looks amazing because you know when they put out the trailer. Dear the CG audience, wasn't done. we're specifically talking about She-Hulk. We are absolutely talking yeah. about She-Hulk. Yeah. And pretty much anytime you see a trailer for a Marvel movie and you're like, yeah. the CG looks bad, it's not done. Right. That's I'm pretty sure what is happening with these trailers because all of the. Later footage I saw of the monkey game, the frame rate was vastly stabilized and looked much better. So I'm sure this is going to be the same thing. But bar none, this game it looks absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. It feels like a culture that I'm not super familiar with mm-hmm. that uh, I would love to learn more about. And I know that that's a big thing for me. Like one, yeah. of, one of the reasons I was so big about 
We'll just sadly call it the monkey game until we can remember the name of it. Yeah. I think it's like Wukong or something. uh, Yes, it's Wukong. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that it gives, it integrates so much like lore and religion from other parts of the world that I'm just not familiar with. Right. right? Like imagine if we got a game from a Nordic studio about Norse gods. Right. Right. Which, which we, speaking of, one of y'all fucking do that. Right. Uh, Like I would love to hear what you have to say about these things. What y'all have to say about it. Yeah. Not the God of War people. Right. Yeah. And not the people in like Sony Studio Santa Monica. Right. Like like, someone in Iceland needs to put this shit together. And this is exactly what the Japanese said about Ghost of Tsushima. The developers were like, we should have made this. Right. And I feel like the Chinese are doing that with a lot of their stuff and I'm here for it yeah. because I really want to experience their take on their own cultural legends mm-hmm. like I'm in yeah I'm so about that uh, we don't really need to spend any time about this they showed up a trailer for Park Beyond it is a apartment or uh, it's an amusement park simulator Oh and yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's, it's like like roller coaster tycoon or theme park tycoon, but you know, a little bit more creative, which yeah. is nice. Okay, so next up, the thing that we need to talk about is probably the trailer that, in my opinion, in, in my but I mean by my opinion is by watching people's reactions online, yeah, and watching Twitter's reactions online, seemed to be the trailer that stole the show, yeah. And this game is called Lies of P. Mm-hmm. Horrible title, um, yeah. It is a game that is apparently inspired by Pinocchio, mm-hmm. and, and already I can hear half of you tuning out as I say this. Yeah. Except it's like Pinocchio, but Bloodborne. Yeah. Like like the the everything about it screams Bloodborne, screams not only gothic horror and even maybe a little bit of like eldritch shenanigans, but mm. also souls like. Yep. In the combat, in the. Uh, the, the, the way that you see weapons transform, like it just screams, not just Souls-like, but Bloodborne-like. Yeah. It, 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 Specifically, yeah. it has that aesthetic. Yeah. And I, did, and I think that one of the reasons, and I can't speak to the Souls community, even though I am a, a, a part of the Souls community, uh-huh. I think one of the reasons it went over so well is because all we've been asking for as Bloodborne fans for so long is fucking Bloodborne 2. Yeah. I want Bloodborne 2 and I want Bloodborne Remastered on the PC. Right. And, just those make, two things. Yeah. Make it 60 FPS call yeah. it a fucking day. Yeah. 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 We're not even asking you to... Make it so the frame rate doesn't eat shit when I walk into a boss room. Right. That's it. That's yeah. all. That is, that's the bare minimum of Bloodborne <laughs> fans are saying like, will you please port it to the PS5? We don't need you to alter the game except for... Uh, except for yeah. Stable frame rate. Stable frame rate. Please that's all thank we're asking you. for. And I think that that's one of the reasons so much hype went around this is we looked at it and went, well, if they're not going to make... It's like somebody over there said, you know, they're not going to make Bloodborne 2, so fuck it, we'll do it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that happened a lot at Gamescom this year. Yeah, and it was just like, all right, cool. Like, we'll just make it about Pinocchio. Weird choice, but you know what? I'm here for it. I'm down for evil Geppetto. That sounds fun. Right. He was always a little evil, playing little God creepy. with his wood puppets yeah, and talking crickets weird. and shit. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I hope there's a giant, like, half-rotted whale fight you have to get into at Hell some point. Hell yeah. I would be so there for that. Yeah. So yeah, super excited about this one. Yeah. Uh, another game that I got really excited for, actually, was one called Phantom Hellcat. So this is, I don't know how to describe this one. Um, it's really cool because it, the way that it utilizes the 2.5D plane and then shifts into 3D for combat okay. is really cool. So you're kind of always watching the main character run from like left to right. 
and then like they would get into a fight and it would kind of seamlessly like transition behind the character and then it become like a DMC game. Okay. Yeah, no, that sounds like, great. That still looks fucking great. I, I think like, I might have missed this trailer. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Yeah, that sounds it, great. It, it looks yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. And honestly, I love 2.5D. It's just one of those things that oh, yeah. like um the Bionic Commando remastered game they did oh, way back yeah. in the 2010. I loved it cuz I love the original Bionic Commando and mm. they like the 2.5D and it was like you could tell it's 3D but it's on a 2D plane and I just eat that shit up as a, yeah. as an old gamer. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. They showed Goat Simulator 3. Right. We got to see it. Please no. keep in mind, there is no Goat Simulator There is no Goat Simulator 2. Yep. Goat Simulator 3 is a thing that exists. Yep. So here's the thing about Goat Simulator. <laughs> I had to take a pause and I had to think about this one. Mm-hmm. Because I never played the original Goat Simulator. Right. And it wasn't until you were on the show and mm-hmm. you described to me what the point of Goat Simulator is. And you very, very clearly laid it out. And you were like, look, the point of Goat Simulator is in games there are glitches and this game is basically just exploiting those glitches. Right. Like, let's take this glitch that is the game and let's make it the game. Right. Right. Like, like when, when a, <laughs> when a fucking, you know, like model freaks out and elongates itself or starts spinning right. in circles around its own torso. Mm-hmm. Um, new Saints Row. Um, <laughs> this is uh, a, a thing that you can make funny because it's funny when it happens to you in a game when it's not supposed to happen. Right. But what if we made it happen and attached it to the rocket with bad physics and attached right. it to a goat that screamed? Right. It's good. It's fun. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Haven't played the original. Might play the original before this, the third one comes out. Yeah. No, no. These are good things. This is by Coffee Stain Studios, the same studio that made Deep Rock Galactic, one of my okay. favorite games ever. Nice. So they know fun and they know... Um, I'm pretty sure Goat Simulator funded Deep Rock Galactic. People e- still buy Goat Simulator to this day. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Return to Monkey Island was shown. Um, I just oh, want yeah. to point out that if you were unaware, we did talk about it at some point previously. There was a lot of controversy, mm-hmm. uh, controversy about Return to Monkey Island, mostly because fans are horrible people. Yeah. And Ron Gilbert would come out and be like, hey, let me tell you about Return to Monkey Island. And then everybody would just go, well, we don't fucking like your game because the art's bad now. And he was like, all right, <sighs> so this is my, my passion project for years. I'm just going to shut up about it until it's time. So we've had no information about it because of that incident. Yeah. So all we really got was a quick trailer and they're like September 19th. And that made me kind of sad because I wanted to get a little bit from Ron Gilbert coming out and be like, I'm so excited. This has been our dream for so long. We've been meaning, we've been waiting to make this game, but he couldn't because the internet happened. Yeah. I get the same feeling when like new anime comes out and you know, it, it, especially it, it, always, this is the only the case when it comes out based on old properties and, and like, yeah, the animation is different. It's not like you remember, but it's also a different me, a different story. And, right. you know, they're doing something else. And even though we are just doing Monkey Island, like it, we're, we're, we're give the give it a chance to like grow on you the right. same way that you remember playing Monkey Island. Like, that's what we're all chasing. We're all trying to have that experience. Right. Again. We're all chasing the Monkey Island. High. Yeah, we are. And that's what they're trying to give us. So right. like, yeah. Like, yeah. And you know what? I love the new art style. Me I too. It, I'm like, it's fucking gorgeous. Me so too. Please. One of the weirder games to be shown at Gamescom <laughs> was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. Based on the film. And we're just going to do like, I don't know if it's 4v4. Or... It feels like 4v4 asymmetrical. It yeah. feels like um, four people with weapons of some kind in yeah. a in various settings that reminded me a lot of like uh, Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. Um 
And then maybe four of you are also clowns. Yeah. Clowns with, 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 with killer powers yeah. to kill people. Yep. That sounds fun. If you've never seen the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space, you're doing yourself a disservice. Oh, yeah. It is the most schlockiest of B-movies. Yeah. It is absolutely worth your time to watch. Yep. Agreed. Weird that it, this actually got its own game and didn't like fit itself into like like Dead by Daylight, Daylight or, or like the, yeah. the Ash vs Evil Dead game yeah. or the one where you can be uh, Jason. Jason Voorhees. Yeah. yeah, I guess they just believed in the property enough. And to be fair, unlike things like Dead by Daylight, there is more than one clown. Ergo, you could have more than one set of powers. That's you true. Do a whole thing with it. So I think this has potential. Yeah. Um, I hope they keep the silliness and schlockiness to it. I'm. It could I'm be a lot of fun. Tentatively excited. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we saw a little bit more from uh, the game High on Life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is Justin Roiland's game, uh, famous for Rick and Morty and uh, the other one that you guys like. Uh, so Solar much. Opposites. Solar Opposites. Yeah. What do you think of this game? Um, as an avid so, fan of his work, be, so be honest. I really enjoyed all of the dialogue. I love the idea that all of your guns and all of your equipment talks not just to you, but about what is going on and to whoever you're fighting. Mm-hmm. That is neat. That is a cool concept. And since most of it is Justin Roiland's voice because he just cannot get enough of voice acting, mm-hmm. um, it looks really fun. It, it looks cool. The gameplay needed help. Mm-hmm. It looked a little sloppy and just a little bit loose. Um but it's a day one Game Pass game, so I'll definitely be downloading and playing it, if nothing, just for the comedy. Right. Because having the gun say, hey, come on, admit it, admit we're hurting you. And and, and having the, the actual person you're fighting go, no, fuck you. It's just hilarious. See, I do love that. Yeah, yeah that shit's mm-hmm. hilarious. Having the knife come out and be like, oh, I'm going to fucking stab you. I'm going to cut your goddamn heart out. <laughs> I'm going to cut your whole asshole out. I'm yeah. going to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Come on. Get, yeah. Give me that. I want it. Hector, I need you to story time me here. Right. I need you to break down this trailer that we saw called The Lords of the Fallen. So, which was a cool trailer, and they played Dang, uh, Danzig for Danzig. some reason. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, Danzig, all right, you're going to play Mother Danzig? All right, I mean, I love the song, but weird choice for a fucking trailer. Here we go. Yeah, so um, Lords of the Fallen, not this game, Lords of the Fallen came out a long time ago um, from the same, same studio um, and maybe maybe not same studio, but same developers. One or the other. I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong. Um, that developed, that went on to develop The Surge and The Surge 2. Mm-hmm. Now, The Surge and The Surge 2 are probably, for everybody's money, the best Souls-likes we've gotten outside of From Software. Right. Like, these are absolutely phenomenal games, worthy of their pedigree, worthy of the game they are emulating, even going so far as to try and surpass the, those games with new and interesting mechanics based on the game they're making. So they really are taking a shot. Mm-hmm. Lords of the Fallen was one of their first entries that did do all of these things. And um, it was it was a little JV. It, it, it had problems that almost all Souls-like games have these days mm-hmm. that From Software just does not uh, because they find ways to work around them. Um and, you know, it was all right. But eventually we got The Surge, which was like mm-hmm. instead of just more Dark Souls, it was a, a sci-fi mm-hmm. bent, you know? And and that gave us even more interesting mechanics and more things to do. And that was all very cool. So we got a trailer for The Lords of the Fallen with a the in front. This confused the absolute shit out of me. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there watching the trailer going like, well, this sure does look like an action RPG in the vein of a Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. But um, wouldn't it be Lords of the Fallen 2 or right. Lords of the Fallen subtitle, the, the, the quest for more money or whatever it's going to be? <laughs> um, instead, it's the Lords of the Fallen, which immediately made me think, oh, so this is a different studio mm-hmm. making this. And I, I guess it is, but it also... Everywhere is pinned up as a sequel to Lords of the Fallen. Right. So I guess the sequel to Lords of the Fallen is the Lords of the Fallen, and that's just hyper confusing. The game and the trailer did look fucking cool. Did they just like watch the Batman and go, that works? I think so. (laughs) I think maybe they're trying to signal that it's more of a reboot than a sequel because the game isn't very beloved. It feels like a stepping stone to the surge, which Mm -hmm. is beloved. And they didn't want to just make Lords of the Fallen 2 and have people be like, eh, the first one was meh. So I don't know. They're they're doing something with it. The trailer looked cool. I I would like to see more of it because I'm always down for a Souls-like in the same way that I'm always down for a Metroidvania. I'll at least try it. So, uh, yeah, but it was weird, man. It's a weird choice. We're almost wrapped up with night one. Uh, I'm trying to look for anything that's really fun to talk about. They showed a game called Under the Waves. Yeah. It's a Quantic Dreams next game that looks a little like you're under under the sea. But it's also Quantic Dreams, so just take that. Yeah, what what they didn't call it was a David Cage game, thank God. That is true, that is true. They did call it, uh, you know, from developer Quantic Dreams, which is nice. And it looked a lot different from most of their other stuff. It didn't look like a bunch of close-ups of actual celebrity actors, um, you know, moving around in a space. Because we don't need that anymore. We have better games that do that better Mm -hmm. now. Because we don't, that's not how we, if we want a celebrity, we interact with them with live action video. We've seen right. that. If, if we want, you know, or, or something like that. But it looked very interesting. Yeah. They showed a game that was called Atlas Fallen. To me, it looked like a very generic action game. This is by Deck 13, the studio that did bring you The Surge and The Surge 2. Okay. And it feels, again, like a Souls-like. We've had a few of these. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like a desert theme. Right. And it felt a little bit more like an RPG with a ton of different weapons and a ton of different like classifications of what those weapons do, et cetera, et cetera. And like uh, a big epic open world and storyline in the vein of one of those, um, you know, double A big RPGs that come out. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean, I'm very interested in anything Deck 13 makes, so yeah, yeah I'm in. I mean, they had a whole like section this year. They so, did, yeah. and and not only that, but um, uh, the, the, the trailer was like long and like mm. explained a lot and had a lot of gameplay in it, which, which I appreciated. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Uh, they showed off more of the Expanse, the Telltale series. Yeah, so Telltale is actually resurrected now. Yep. Like, like it did, it did die, but it is back. And one of the first properties they decided to tackle was the Expanse. Yep. And I based off the show, not the books. Correct. And if I could, I mean. If anyone has ever listened to the show before, you know that we are large Expanse fans. We, <laughs> we are, are ex- large. We are expansive fans yes. of the Expanse in general, both the show and the books. Yep. And uh, Kara G's Kamina Drummer might be the most inspired casting choice I've Absolutely. ever seen. So putting her she's in the She's so inspired g- that when I'm reading the books, I miss the fact that she's not in them. Yep. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and that having the actors come and play her character and get to explore different parts of her character mm. in a telltale sort of way yeah. is so cool. And I will be playing this game day one. Yeah, uh, we'll wrap up day one. Uh, the weirdest part of day one was like Kojima stopped by for a minute, and you're yeah. like, oh no, 
He's finally going <laughs> to talk about his next big project. Yep. What is it? Is it Death Stranding 2? Is it actually Silent Hill? It's his podcast? Yeah, he's um he's he's gonna do a podcast. Only because Jeff Keeley is running this fucking show, is he is is Kojima allowed to get away with this bullshit? Yeah, yeah. He literally came on because Jeff was like, Hey, you have anything for Gamescom? And he was like, I have a joke. And Jeff's like, Whatever, they'll love it. Yep. And and when we do, and I It was funny. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm gonna listen to the podcast. Sure. Yeah. I do I will listen to it in protest. Because the English dub of this podcast should be voiced by David Hayter. It really should. It really should. And I'm going to be upset when it isn't. And then, like, the last thing, there's, like, sort of close stuff out with. They showed, like, this Pokemon car. Like, that was weird. I don't even know what to fucking say about that shit, man. Yeah. Look, I don't, look, Mini Cooper is a cool brand. Yep. It, it's just sure. a BMW, but whatever. Look, it, it's, it's a cool brand. It, it's a cool vehicle. And they made an electric version that has a bunch of Pikachu iconography. Because he's an electric type. Yeah, flashing around the inside of the car and on the screens. And apparently there's a projector on the front so that you and your and, and your Zoomer friends can go to abandoned garages and watch Pokemon cartoons on, on, on parking garage walls. While you get it's drunk weird. in public. It's weird. It's, it, is that any Zoomers? Please tell me. Is that what y'all are into? Because I'll, I'll go. It sounds like you a know, good time. Saying, but but why are y'all doing that? You know what I, I was thinking about? Is it about? because no one has a house? Does no one have homes? Do no Zoomers have homes? I, this is my So this fucking Pokemon <laughs> car. And I'm like trying to be nice about it. Because I'm like, I'm sure this appeals to somebody somewhere. But recently I had some people asking me about when I was a young weeb. Because uh-huh. I, I was a super weeb when I was young. Hell yeah. And I was like, yeah, I had this like junked up car, but I was so much of a weed that it was just covered in like nerve stickers yeah. and all this stuff. And like the, the, the top part of the ceiling fell down. So I grabbed a, an anime wall scroll of Ava and like tacked it up there. Hell and yeah. I stopped like mid sentence and I went like, how I ever got laid, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I was just like, like watching the Pikachu car, like you imagine somebody, like I'm not saying that people should not have the things that they love. I'm just no, saying no. if somebody rolled up to a date with me with a Pikachu car, I, I might question it. It's not... Okay, so for me, it's... it's I want to be respectful the, the, to the things that you love. Let's talk about the logistics of this, right? Like, you're in the backseat. You're, you're getting, you're, you're getting your sure. stuff done. But for whatever reason, the, the, the car, like, turns on and, you know, whoever is facing the front of the car is just blasted in the face of <laughs> Pikachu. Like the, cutely the proje- dancing, the, and, and when you're doing it in the car, you don't want to draw any attention to yourself. Oh yeah, but also if you're in a Pikachu car, you want to have the projector on because you've got to show off that feature. Well, for sure, but like if people go by and they're just like, "Oh, look, that car is projecting Pokemon cartoons onto but the wall." But it's also rocking in a weird. But way. But it's also rocking in a weird way. Oh, those people fucking. I have questions. Hector. One of them's wearing Pikachu ears, so that's at least. I have questions <laughs> about all of this. I don't. Okay, so. Yeah, I don't know who this is for. I don't know. You either can't afford a house to watch your stuff in, so you project it from your car onto walls, or you can afford an electric Mini Cooper. You can do one of those things. You can't do both. Right. And by the way, for the two people that do find each other that are absolutely enthralled and mm-hmm. really hot over the fact there's a Pikachu vehicle, more power to you. By yes, the way. absolutely. And maybe I'm, that's who I'm, this is for. I'm glad you found your person. I hope this is for people who are already a couple. Yeah. And we're watching this and looked looked side to side when Jeff Keeley was asking this guy about his Pikachu car mm-hmm. and being like, 
Oh, we're fucking getting we're, that we, car. We are going to fucking I am fucking pre-ordering this, this right now. I just got a new job. I'm yep. throwing down some money. I'm getting the Pikachu Mini Cooper. It's electric. It's good for the environment. Betty, grab the Pikachu ears. Yep. It's go time. We are doing this. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm in. I mean, I'm not going to get one, but I hope I see one driving around I do too. someday. It would be fun to see. It yeah, would be. I'd be like, good for you. All right, that's everything for night one. We're going to take a small break, and when we come back, we'll be going into the future game show. All right, we're back, and it's time to talk about the future game show. So the back half of this is a lot of fun. Oh, We've yeah. talked about some great stuff so far. Um, the first game they opened up the future game show with was this game called The Gap. Yeah. And it's this first person, like narrative thriller kind of game. It's this dude trying, who has like amnesia and he's trying to like get his like memories back. But at the same time, he's being like basically hunted by this inky blackness. And I just, everything about this made me, I watched this trailer and I was just like, I know when something is my shit. Yep. And I feel like this is my shit. Oh, yeah. It was an instant wish list. It's yeah. just like, oh, it was, yeah, they were like, wish list now. It's like, already did it. Yeah, Thanks. already did it. Looked it up. Thank yep. you very much. Uh, next up, they showed Aliens Fireteam Elite, uh, the expansion called Path- uh, Pathogen. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It's the expansion to the game. Yeah. I, I heard very uh, medium things about the game. If, it, if, if aliens and um, space marines and smart guns and turrets are your thing, this game you will probably like. And the yeah. expansion seems like more of that. And they've had time to iron out all the jank that the game launched with. So, um, I mean, even... Um, uh, uh, Stephanie Sterling, who is always ready to just like take a giant shit on a bad game, was like, hey, you know what? This isn't that bad. It wasn't unfun. And, yeah. you know, if you really like Aliens, you might like it. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty high praise for, for a game that was this janky when it launched. So yeah. from what I understand, the game has vastly improved since then, and they're actually releasing an expansion. So if, if, mm-hmm. if Aliens are your thing and shooting things with your friends is your thing, this is for you. Mm-hmm. They showed off some more of hypercharged, un, uh, hypercharge unboxed. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the name of the title, you've probably seen some trailers everywhere. This game went viral for about a week, uh, like about a month or so ago, uh-huh. where it was like, "Hey, it's a first-person shooter where you play as a toy in a giant toy store with other toys." And, yeah, and it was just like, "Okay, that looks interesting." And it's apparently a game has been out for a while. It's oh. just it's just now getting ports to other platforms. Okay, and they didn't have much marketing money when it first came out because it's a free-to-play game. I want to say. Um, so now they've had the money and the hype and people are getting into it and it was just like a hey here's more and it's coming to other platforms Mm, yeah cool yeah they showed off a game called the case of the golden idol man this was a weird world world premiere because they showed this one it's a detective game and it's very we talked about monkey island earlier Mm -hmm. it is that level of old school but it maintains the level of old school pixel art that we Uh, had in those old adventure games it's really just like, you know, these like very 8 to 16 bit Oh, kind of was this the one that was like a detective game with like multiple outcomes and was yeah. truly non-linear and yep. like had a bit of a horror bent to yep. all the animation? Yep. Yeah, this looks really cool. Yeah, that was really, really nifty. Like games like this, like I, I usually don't play through games like Monkey Island or Grim Fandango. I love them for what they are. Yeah. And I love... Um, you know, uh, Tim's other work, stuff like uh, Brutal Legend and obviously Psychonauts, yeah. but like the early like Monkey Island, like LucasArts stuff, uh, just, I mean, I, I, I know that they're good, but they're just not for me. This looked like something I really wanted to play. Yeah. Now I want to talk about my game of the show. Yeah. I have one picked already. All right. 
the best game shown at the future game show at Gamescom 2022 is a little game called Snack Coon. You're going to feel really bad when the next game's your actual game of the show. Probably, actually. <laughs> Coon is a game in which, in a dystopian future, all snacks have been outlawed. <laughs> and you are a raccoon who is doing everything that he can do to get snacks. Yeah. Yeah, he he runs like a raccoon. He makes noises like a raccoon. In a game, in a, in a year where we just got the game Stray, where yeah. I got to play as a cat, I looked at a game where I could play a raccoon and went, I do want that in my life. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely yeah. want that in my life. I want to be a trash panda. Mm-hmm. Like, just bring it. Straight up. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to I wanna dig in the trash to find some food, and then yeah. I'm going to wash my hands. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know you're saying my actual game of the year is probably the next one. <laughs> so, they showed this trailer for this game called Floodland. Yeah. Hector, why don't you talk a little bit about it? So, Floodland um, is a game about, based, uh, like a lot of games that you'll see coming out, there are themes post, in the next few years. It is post-post-apocalypse. We aren't, we aren't in the time when everything is desert and gone or on fire. We are in the time after. We are in the time where we are trying very hard to rebuild. Yeah. And coming together and trying to make something of it. And the, 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 the aesthetic and the systems all really reminded me of Frostpunk. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a favorite of yours. It is. And like this, it, it felt like absolutely just like Frostpunk, but like forests, like felt like very almost like Pacific Northwest, like mm-hmm. tall pine trees and like evergreens. And shrubs and flowing water and pristine green hills and just people trying to, like, make sure they have enough to eat. Yep. And, and you have to make choices. Yeah. Do we sacrifice a person? Do we, it's very yeah, frosty. You know, who eats? Who gets shelter? You know, how much security do we need versus how much freedom do we need? Mm-hmm. Um, all of that kind of stuff just looks so fascinating and so interesting. And the aesthetic was so beautiful. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in. It, it looked very cool. Again, not a game genre that's usually for me, but I want to give this one a whirl. Yeah, absolutely. The last case of Benedict Fox came up next. We've yeah. talked about this one before. It was shown at, at the uh, Game Awards as a preview. It's this Lovecraftian 2D. It's about this detective who just... It's 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 the gothic horror... It just seeps gothic horror. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Think of, like, if you took an actual um, uh, Lovecraft novel and um, just did, went ahead and edited out the racism and then made it a Metroid. It would only be, like, two pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then made it a, a Metroidvania. Yeah. You know, you have this detective detecting some evil afoot right. and it just keeps getting deeper and deeper until you don't now, even know what you're about, staring into anymore. This, I have to point this out. The big thing about this is it makes us different than other Lovecraftian adaptations. Mm-hmm. Things like Darkest Dungeon um, is that a lot of those games, rightfully so, mm-hmm. really hinge on the fact that when we as humans come into contact with cosmic horror, it breaks us. Correct. Benedict Fox is actually one of the few pieces of media where the main character seems to embrace the cosmic horror as he runs into it. Yeah, completely. No, this isn't his first rodeo. When he sees some eldritch horror or some demon made of shadows, he's like, oh, I bet you I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I need some shadow power. And I love that. I'm like, I'm yeah. so into like, yeah, he's just going to embrace the cosmic horror. Yeah, I mean, that's what was so great about Bloodborne, right? It's right. like, oh, oh, fuck, Elder Torr. I'm going to cut its fucking head off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Love that. Uh, they showed another trailer for the game a little to the left. We've talked about it previously on the show. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Um, it's just, they just gave it a release date for it. If you're unfamiliar with it, a little to the left is a game where it's literally about organizing things. Mm-hmm. They'll give you a drawer with like forks and knives and spoons and you get mm-hmm. to organize it. Yeah. And every once in a while, your cat comes up and knocks everything over because mm-hmm. cats are dicks. Yep. Um, and I know a mutual friend of ours, uh, I messaged her and I was like, hey, there's a release date for it. And she's been so obsessed with this ever since she saw the trailer. She was like, dude, literally I was Googling it yesterday to figure out when the fuck it comes out because I want this game so badly. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be great. Um, you know what's weird is usually when you put game developers in front of a camera, they're super awkward yeah. and they don't know what to do. And the this couple, is a, This is a married couple. Yeah, yeah, and the couple that made this game keeps like just like showing themselves in trailers, organizing their house and hanging out with their cat. Mm-hmm. And, it's like the most wholesome shit. Yeah, and like literally showing you the rooms where they came up with the puzzles in the game yeah. and like what they were doing and how they did it. And it's, they are, they are at Endlessly charming. Yeah. Yeah. You're just happy that they're together and that they found each other. Couples goal kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They showed off a trailer for a game called The Chant. Now, I'm super into this. I'm going to be saying that a lot during this segment. I'm sorry. The future game show was just so good. Yep. So they showed this game called The Chant. And it's this idea of it's like a third person horror game and you go on an island. This is a spiritual retreat and your character gets there and like weird shit's afoot it's like oh this isn't like a namaste kind of situation Uh, someone got drunk and read from the necronomicon right it's like a a namago like kind of situation and yeah it's it's yeah somebody just starts reading from the necronomicon and shit starts happening i'm like i am just here for this shit yeah no that sounds awesome i love yeah i love that aesthetic i love that setting yeah just the hey i went to an island to do some fun yoga shit and it's like oh god there are demons why are there demons yeah why did i come to an island for demons right yeah no i love it uh, another game they showed off was one called erebon shadow legacy uh, this is a stealth platformer game looks really cool so it's another game where like you manipulate shadows to do things right like you're 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 the last member of your race and your race's ability was that they could blend with shadows and so when they when you hear the developers talk it's really cool because they, when they talk they're like stealth games are great and we love them but man doesn't it suck when you just get caught yeah and so they're like, so we just made you into a shadow. And like, as long as you're not in direct light, like you can just move around as a shadow. And like, as the last of your people, you're just trying to find, you know, a home and like a way to purge the land of the evil that's there. Yeah. No, that sounds great. The ninjas. That sounds like good, good stealth design because yeah. it, in, uh, I've noticed that stealth games seem to be the hardest for most indie developers to design. There's this fundamental thing where you have to make waiting, engaging and, it's a lot there harder a fucking, and more nuanced. Is you have played a Metal Gear game in your life? Oh yeah. There was a point about halfway through a Metal Gear game where you're on a stealth, non-lethal like playthrough, uh-huh. where all you can think to yourself is, "I could pull out my Magnum and just end every one of these oh, motherfuckers' yeah. lives like yeah. right now." It's gonna take me another five minutes to sneak through this room, or I right. could just murder or everyone everybody. in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they showed off a trailer for Wizardry, The Five Ordeals. If you're not familiar with this, Wizardry is actually a really big series in Japan. Mm. It never really took off here in the States the way that it did in Japan. But, I mean, it's very basic, like a and esque game. Yeah. Even the trailer for this one is just like, hey, we just made a game that looks like the old 90s, like, first-person dungeon crawler D&D style. And, yeah, it was cool to see. I was like, hey, good for Wizardry. I'm glad it's still doing things. Yeah. Uh, they showed a game for a game called Soul... Solstice? Solstice? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a brawler. It looked fine. Yeah. No. I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, 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 it didn't fine. strike me one way or the yeah. other. It seems all right. By the way, like it's fine is like the low bar for this section of game. It really is. About. Yeah. Nothing. Like I didn't see anything except for doing the survival MMO that actually yeah. disappointed me. Uh, one of the games they showed was called After Image. Ooh. This game was fucking gorgeous so pretty the trailer for after image yeah after image is a metroidvania hand-drawn everything Mm -hmm. holy shit this game is pretty yeah and by the way the game the word metroidvania got thrown around almost as much as souls like during these games oh yeah and by the time i they were like it's after image is gonna be a metroidvania i'm like holy shit another one Mm -hmm. and then i saw the trailer and went Fuck. Yeah. Yep. I guess I'm gonna play this one. Yeah. I play all the prettiest Metroidvania. That's my thing. That, that's why. Yeah. Like 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 Ori stuff you're, like you're that. Sleeping on Lotus, my friend. Oh yeah. Lotus is so good. Yeah. It's so pretty. Uh, they showed a trailer for a game called Deliver Us Mars. I didn't know how I felt about this trailer at first. I had to go back and watch the trailer again to really process my emotions for it. So uh-huh. Deliver Us Mars is a game in which the Earth is dying. These astronauts have gone out into the the galaxy to try and find things to bring back to Earth to try and save it. You play the daughter, and I'm only this is just impressions from the trailer. You play uh-huh. the daughter of somebody who either was an astronaut or worked in the in in STEM in some way or in, in the space program in some way, mm-hmm. and it it was cinematic, but also tense, yeah, but also. So the the core gameplay mechanics, so I'm not just selling you on what I saw visually, is your main character uses two climbing hooks. Mm -hmm. And climbing hooks are the way that you navigate the world, and it's the way that you do combat, and it's the way that you do everything. Mm -hmm. But the main character seems to have this guilt on her. And they didn't show a ton of it, but it's about her father in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Either she left him behind or he's dead. We don't know. But everything about this, the more that I was watching the trailer for it, I was like, do I want this as a game or do I actually just want this as a movie? Because like, yeah. everything about this trailer felt like it would just make a great film. Yeah. Yeah. And but then, and it's easy to fall into that trap. There are, I'm even finding lately that there are some, well, if you think about things like her story, right? Sometimes yeah. you have film filmed things that work better as a video game right so and sometimes you make a video game with graphics and all that um almost could just work better as a movie metal gear solid or right. you know a, a, a lot of the stuff from the early xenogears saga mm-hmm. you know that you, you did would have like half hour fucking cutscenes. you mm-hmm. know it's just that that's what those people wanted to do yeah and there is definitely a blending in there somewhere in and around the last of us but m- hopefully much less dour uh yeah, I I think there there there's a blending going on there, which is I'm going to say pretty tough when it comes to criticism because media literacy is important and understanding both what they're doing as a film and as a video game can be can be really difficult. Right. Um I I I, I want to see it. Like yeah. I want to play it. It seems like something I want to experience no matter what it is. Yeah. Uh they showed off a game called Edge of Sanity. Um it's a survival game. It's it's not like a survival game in the traditional sense. Right. Like, so this was a really interesting one to watch the trailer for because it starts off like in the Arctic and it's like Arctic Peninsula. And it's very, um, if you've ever seen a 
Darkest Dungeon. It's kind of that art style. Uh-huh. This like 2D kind of like big head. Um, you know, he's like putting on his jacket and he's getting his ice pick out. And you're like, oh man, this guy's like sur- trying to survive. Yeah. I think it's a survival game that takes place in a... In yeah, you're feeling the, the thing, you know? Yeah. And not, it didn't even get to the thing yet. It was just like, oh man, I'm just trying to survive in this like Arctic tundra. Mm-hmm. And then he starts like descending this ladder and everything starts getting weird and these caves show up. And then like this eldritch, uh, eldritch thing shows up and he just grabs his pickaxe and just lays it out. And you're like, oh my God, it's this like tentacle thing. And he just like one shot at it with his pickaxe. And then he drops to the ground and starts clutching his face and screaming. And then all of a sudden the art shifts from him being in a cave attacking an eldritch creature to him in kind of like a cave system, but a little with some technology behind it and a human being laying on the ground with a pickaxe. Yeah. And that's what I went Put this game in my face. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, show me my own sanity. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed off a game for a game called Black Firewall. Ah, uh, Black Firewall. Yes, yeah, yeah, Firewall. yeah, yeah. Oh, Black man. Um, this one is my shit. Do you remember? If the you g- had told me the concept of this game, by uh-huh. the way, I'd be like, this sounds like bullshit. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Do you remember the game I sent you a few months ago now? Um, I'm forgetting the name, but it's about pressing a button. Yes. And you just walk up and press a button. That's what this feels like. It's a game that feels like commentary on games, but this game in its first person perspective feels like commentary on computing. Mm. And, you know, it it basically follows a, well, as far as I can tell, a bit of information moving in and around the actual pathways of a a processor or memory or RAM. So it's specifically a game about a cell phone uh-huh. that is getting an OS update uh, yes. and the current operating system does not want to be updated. Correct. Yeah. So, so yeah. we get a lot of uh, ideas of, you know, sentience and, you know, the, the, the desire of the things that we create. Mm. Um, uh, Mikey Newman said it best. You can't make things think and not give them rights. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very, very interesting idea. I feel like it will be very meta contextual in a lot of really interesting ways. Mm. That is always my shit. Show me a super liminal, a uh, Stanley parable, mm. uh, a button game whose name I forget. I'm very sorry. Um, it's just great stuff. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. A big fan. Uh, there was a trailer for a game called SCP Secret Files. So before we talk about the trailer... Um, I want to talk a little bit about the SCP Foundation. Okay. This is something that I was not familiar with until recently. Okay. Apparently, this is an entire corner of the internet that was almost custom tailored for me that I was just unfamiliar with. Okay. So, the SCP Foundation is a website that basically houses um, independent uh, fiction. Some of it sci fi, some of it horror, but all very. So, control. Uh-huh. is basically the SCP Foundation. Ah. And so you can go on YouTube and like Google like SCP uh-huh. and basically people will just read you the SCP Foundation stories that people have submitted. Okay. It's uh, almost kind of creepypasta, but in a different way. Right. Right. A little bit more. More. And SCP game or SCP uh, stories always have like a number attached to them because mm. they are files. They are like the SCP 401 or whatever. Gotcha. And so it's a thing. Yeah, it's a lot like the Bureau. In and that way. so, yeah, there's this whole idea of like these are about items and like strange phenomenon. And they made a game into it. They, they, they It's called like the SCP Secret Files. It looks, it's a series of short stories. 
Um, the game itself is a series of short stories. Right. The only problem that I had with this game is that when I went to go look it up on Steam, there are about 50 other games that are called SCP something because uh, a bunch of other indie developers have made SCP games. Okay. And this just happens to be the one breakout that had enough budget they could advertise it on a big platform like Gamescom. Interesting. So SCP Secret Files, watch the trailer, definitely look it up. You should have game... Uh, Trailer for Tesla Grad 2. I wasn't familiar with this one. Uh, yeah, no. Tesla Grad, is that what I think it is? It's like a Metroidvania-esque kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I have no idea yeah, what to it, say it, about it, this it, one. The, it, the first Tesla Grad completely slipped my radar. Yeah. It's a beautiful pixel art game. It really and, is. You know, it, I would say go watch the trailer and make an opinion for yourself. Mm-hmm. I will, I watched the trailer and I'm like, that's pretty, but I just never played the first one. So, right. Yeah. Um, the Dark Pictures, the devil in me. So I have a fun story about the Dark Pictures. Okay. The Dark Pictures, when I found... So it's called the Dark Pictures Anthology. It's a series of uh, games. Oh, the Supermassive Games games. Right. Yeah. The Dark Pictures Anthology. Yeah. I've never played one of the Dark I've always Pictures. wanted to play one of these games with like a group of like three or four people. Right. Yeah. I've been wanting to play it. Here's the thing. When the premise, the very first... Um, game for the Dark Pictures Anthology came out, I got really mad because I have like a, I have a notepad I keep a lot uh-huh. of ideas in and literally in my ideas was make horror anthology games. Yeah. And it's like underlined five times. <laughs> and then the trailer came out. I'm like, God damn it. Somebody stole my fucking, no, uh, nobody stole my idea. Obviously. Yeah. I have heard these games have gotten better and better as they've been coming out because heard they've the really same. been building on them. Mm-hmm. So their new game they're showing is called the devil in me. Yeah. They're adding a lot new, newer features to it that they kept emphasizing that they're like, yeah. there's a lot more features in this yeah. game. There's more game in this game yeah. a little bit more gameplay and it felt like a, a, a for for lack of a better term like a saw yeah 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 uh, like a, so someone is putting us through these trials and perils and dangers and and, and they're living literally giving us the option to kill people to save ourselves right. and wondering what we'll do yeah and yeah yeah i, I want to play saw the game but not saw the, the game, game but right. like a, a good version of yeah it. I, i'd like to like couch co-op this one absolutely yeah. absolutely uh oh okay next up they showed a trailer for a game called EXP War Trauma. I don't even know how to talk about this one. I don't know how to talk about it either. Um, it is a horror game that is about... Mm, this is going to be tough to talk about. It is a game that is about PTSD on the battlefield. Yeah. It, it looks like it takes place World War One era mm-hmm. because of the trenches. Could be World War II. Um, it is about a character who looks like they're losing their sanity. It, it looks like... The things that they are seeing are horrific. And when I say horrific, the only way I can put this for people who understand horror without using the word Silent Hill is the movie Jacob's Ladder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is also about PTSD on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Um, It's absolutely my shit. I do not know if it is a game that I would recommend because yeah. certain things that are my shit are not things that I would recommend. Yeah, yeah, we we, we won't know for a while if it's for everyone. I'm I, all signs point to no. Yeah, but it does look very interesting, and I love 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 the idea of World War One as a horror setting. Yeah, because I mean, as far as what humans have actually done mm. to each other, and, and 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 in the world, and you know, like. I can't think of a worse place to be in human history, and I know there are certainly many, than in a trench during World War One. I. I mean, that sounds like truly... Yeah, with the exception of some things that happened during World War Two. Oh, for sure. That's a specific other thing. For sure. Horrible. I mean, it, I'm talking about in a situation where I wasn't currently just being victimized. Right. Um, 
But, but, but yeah, I mean, to, to being conscripted into a war, living in a trench with 40 of your closest strangers while they shit literally where they sleep. Mm. And if they pop their head out of the trench, could literally be killed at any second and have bombs falling around them and are cleaning up the limbs of their dead friends. Um, yeah. yeah, this is all all real shit and truly, truly terrifying. So. Yeah, this is this is Good my kind of setting. Good on the developer for taking a risk. Again, I don't know if it'll be for everybody, yeah. but it will be my kind of thing because I like that kind of psychological horror. Oh, yeah. Reminds so, me uh, to just like thematically a tiny bit of uh, Machine for Pigs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And absolutely Machine for Pigs was my shit. Oh, like, yeah. I just, I can't. I'm pretty sure that when Spotify does its end of the year wrap up, it's going to be like, you sure did listen to that Machine for Pigs song a lot. And I'm like, well, it's 90 <laughs> seconds. Don't judge me. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to jam. Yeah. Uh, Rooted is a multiplayer game they showed off. It looks, and literally music wise also was like The Last of Us, but multiplayer. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Which it's, is funny because we're getting a Last yes, of Us multiplayer right. game. It's post-apocalyptic. Um, there's giant ro- there's robots in there there's mm-hmm. like other things it's a survival game yeah it'll be what it is yep uh they showed a game called hell sweeper vr looked interesting um it was cool that a vr title got shown yeah absolutely i mean i, I wish I, I i do wish vr was more mainstream yeah but i don't have one because i don't have the room for it it's you know expensive and takes room yeah God of Rock, they showed. This is a game that I saw and I said, this looks like a pure fun game. Yeah, this is hyper, hyper interesting. I don't know who it's for, but it's definitely for someone. Yeah, it is a rhythm game that is a straight-up versus fighting game. Not yeah. like a spectacle fighter, yeah. but like a street fighter fighter. But both characters are playing a rhythm game and trying to like do combos yeah. and trying to beat each other with their I would love rhythm to see, chops. I would love to see this shit at Evo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, this sounds pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Where I want to see it, I want to see it at GDQ. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, one of the games I'm excited for that's boring as hell to most people is Lightyear <laughs> Frontier. Lightyear Frontier is a farming game, but with mechs. Yeah, this one looked amazing. It had a little bit of that uh, cute vibe that you get from something like Slime Rancher, yep. but uh, a little bit of the wholesomeness and the building and the like creating your environment you get from something like a Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interaction in with the world is all through a mech, a lot like my favorite um, Love, Death, and Robots short. <laughs> Um, oh, was that the first season? It was in the first it's season. The only season yeah, I've seen, so. yeah, yeah. Where, where the the farmers are in mechs and yep. they have to like kill the aliens. Yep. Uh, there wasn't any alien killing. It was all farming and harvesting. But there might be some alien killing. Yep. Who knows? Maybe they'll you surprise put mechs me. in it or put vampires in it, and I'm yeah. probably already there. But but show me a farming game with an engaging like interaction, and I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I I I, I am I am horny for agriculture. That's that. Name me a millennial <laughs> that isn't. I'm going to make that into a t-shirt for yeah. us. Just I'm horny for agriculture. Hell yeah. Uh, we finally saw System Shock. God. Thank fucking God this game's actually coming out. God, I have wanted to play this game for so this long. This is the remake of it. Yes, um, I've always yeah. wanted to play System Shock, but it has aged so, so, so I've poorly. I've only played through the second one, and I'm telling you, and I will confess to it on the air, I only got through the second one because I had to use fucking cheat codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how hard System Shock is. Yeah, the, these are the games that were like being made and like trying to emulate what Deus Ex had done, but also mm. trying to make it better. And they just Ken Levine is kind of a uh, mad genius, but he also 
sometimes has a hard time understanding what's fun. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this remake I have been waiting for forever. And Night Dive Studios makes incredible remakes and has in the past and will continue to do so. I cannot wait for this version of System Shock because it looks so fucking cool mm-hmm. and absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And another team who actually does really good remakes is the Bloomber team. And oh, yeah. They are actually, uh, we've seen a, a partial trailer before, but we got a larger trailer uh, this year. Or uh, Gamescom for the Layers of Fears is what they're calling it. Yeah. But it's a remake of the original Layers of Fear. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Layers of Fears. I never played Layers of Fear. Yeah. But the 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 plural title. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we saw a little bit of gameplay yeah. and fuck, that looked goddamn terrifying. But also like I wanted to touch all of the walls. Right. Like, almost yes. like almost like I was in a um, a puzzle room or an mm-hmm. escape room, but also it was uh, going to kill me. You're right. Yeah. Like the chains are just like moving along on the walls and I'm like, oh, that'd be yeah, so and cool I wanted to just like it. follow the chains and like see where yeah. they went. Yeah, yeah. I, I was super into it. All right, so there's only one more thing to really talk about here as we wrap this whole thing up. There was a show, or sorry, a game that was shown called Off the Grid. I had to go back and do a little bit of research about this game Uh because I swear to God, I watched that trailer and went, is this just an advertisement for a movie? And the reason I'm saying that is not because it's an FMV. It's that when it was introduced, it said, here is a product being produced by Neil Blomkamp of Session, or sorry, of of uh, District District 9. Right, and let's not forget that Neil Blomkamp's Oat Studios has been putting short out on YouTube for years right. of just them doing their neat technology shit. So I right. thought the exact same thing when I was watching it. I was like, is this a game or... A movie or what do you got? Yeah, it felt like a movie or like one of those shorts that Oat Studios puts out, but it wasn't an Oat Studios production. So I was like, what is happening? But so is it a game? It's a game. Okay. It actually is a game. It looked cool as fuck. Yeah. Very futuristic. Lots of amputees. Does a cyberpunk-esque Yeah, they definitely did build it as cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's a different type of cyberpunk. It's not that Asian noir cyberpunk. It's more that like Mad Max gritty desert kind of noir. Yeah. Like like cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which is great. Uh, Because honestly, like, yeah, we all get the neon lights, cyberpunk. Yeah, but there are other elements of cyberpunk you can really bring up. Hell, you can say, you know, The Expanse. Like yeah. cyberpunk in it. Hell, Star even Wars even says, in 2077, there's an edge of the city and then desert that right. you can go out into, you know? So that's that's fantastic. Love that. Love that it's Neil Blomkamp because obviously the man needs to do more things and yeah. people keep canceling his fucking projects. Yeah. So at least we're getting a video game. Yeah. Would someone just give him like George Miller Fury Road money and let him right. fuck off for like five Please. years? He's going to come back with a masterpiece. No shit. Just let him do it. And hopefully die outwards in it. If you're unfamiliar with Neil Blomkamp, aside from those things that we've talked about, um, he was in lo- for a long time in charge of the Halo project. Yes, he was. Not the shitty TV show that we've gotten. God, no, such he a was, shitty TV he show. Was, he was in charge of like the original Halo projects that had like Weta behind them and was going to like cost like millions of like yep. Game of Thrones money. Oh yeah, he was ready to do Halo. Yeah. And then and then they and then they stopped letting him. Yeah. Yep. And then we got District Nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got District Nine. We got Chappie. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he's made some very good stuff. Yeah. Well, Hector, we've reached the end of Gamescom. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that, that's what we've gotten. Yeah. So far for the week, it's been great. But I need to know, like, what are your thoughts? Like, if we were, what were your final wrap ups watching these two game shows? Oh man, um, uh, I'm looking very much forward. To the next year of gaming was my thoughts. Um, between our indie a lot, of, sum- a lot of these games did say like they're going to be coming out next year. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, aside from you know the the one AAA game that I'm most looking forward to um, this year, which is Ragnarok, mm-hmm. um, there is uh, so much 
uh, like indie space going on that uh, especially after my my hot indie summer mm-hmm. i'm just ready for it i'm ready to play all of these weird quirky games i i, I want to play games where i barely interact with the screen mm-hmm. where i'm just absorbing the narrative a lot like kentucky route zero right now mm-hmm. i I have a few games on my list that are like that. And I also really love the indie dedication to like really niche, really Twitch style things. You know, there were a few games we didn't mention. One of them was entirely like a tabletop game where you place miniatures down and the miniatures fight and talk to each other. And you can paint paint your miniatures. Um, That's just such a niche product from a niche genre that niche people like to play. But this was a whole game that actually looked really cool. So uh, we've seen a lot of really interesting stuff in the gaming space at Gamescom. Tons of European studios mm-hmm. getting their stuff out there. Honestly, I liked it more than E3 this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wasn't... Yeah. Very, very few times during that whole presentation over two days was I like, eh. Yeah. Like everything, I was like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be willing to check that out. Yeah. And, and you know what? You got me in the habit now. You got me in this habit mm-hmm. where when future games shows started the first thing i did was open the steam app on my phone yep. and said what what am, I, what am i wish listing yep which, what, which indie titles that are about to be shown in my wish listing right now yeah and we had uh, the voice of kratos being like well at this point your wish list needs a wish list yeah, yeah. and he's right my wish list is mostly things that have not been released now but that's okay yeah because wish listing is important, y'all. It is. It lets people know you want things. That's why you can also do it on other platforms. You can uh, add it, add your games to play later. I don't know why they did that. It's a wish list. You can add games to play later on Game Pass, and they have actually just a wish list on the Epic Game Store. Yep. Tell people you want to play their games, and their games will get more attention yeah. and hopefully some if more money. If you really, really, really want the game, uh, if it's indie, don't worry. Don't do worry about this for AAA. Yeah. Then pre-order it. Oh sure. If, if you wanted indie, to support a studio. But you can also support a studio just by wishlisting it. Yep. And that's what's a lot of indie developers, if you follow them, they'll say sometimes wishlisting is as, if not more important than pre-ordering. Yep. Because that lets the service like Steam populate our game higher in the tier list. Exactly. Which means we get more exposure. Yeah, yeah. You giving us $20 now instead of $20 in six months when the game comes out is nice. But, I mean, if you can drive eyeballs to our game, yeah. please do that. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very hopeful for the future of gaming right now because, I mean, we got through, we got through E3 and I checked a couple of like really awesome AAA games that are like, okay, I'll probably yeah. like to play this next year, maybe this one the year after, right. you know, but over Gamescom and over, you know, the, the parts of E3 that weren't all about AAA games, I got to see some things that I just really wanted to sink my teeth into yeah. that were coming soon that wouldn't take me 100 hours to finish. Oh, right. And that, you know, just look like they would like like a, a, an episode of television that I could watch and love and then just put down. Yeah. I love that. I love stuff like that. Give me more of that. Short games are great. Y'all. Short games are wonderful. All right, that's everything that we have for the show this week. Don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast where you can chat with us, as well as talk to me directly at gnggcast on Twitter. Until next time, for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game.